He's everlasting. He'll outlast COVID. He was here before COVID arrived. So I just want you to understand that uh, we're together no matter the circumstances. And as we praise and worship God this yeah, morning, let's just have our whole heart here today, okay? Let's enjoy this day. It is Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. All right. Uh, that's just a little curveball there. I am representing. Who else is representing a little bit of Super Bowl today? Anybody? Anybody? Come on. We got the Bears over here. Uh, so today's a day of celebrating, so I hope you guys will, your hearts are in celebration this morning, but your hearts are here right now, okay? Right. Amen. We're going to sing Hallelujah number 202.
connection and I'm just so happy even like walking in this morning I got a little teary eyed and emotional because I was just like oh, I just miss people so much a lot of how I connect to God is by like people tell me their quiet times or how their day is going and what they're learning and I just feel excited and energy from that and just so grateful to be with you guys today um we just wanted to say welcome we're so happy to be here with you guys um, we're so excited to worship with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great Sunday. And just to extend, we are having a Super Bowl party today. Woo-hoo! So if you need extra connection and love, feel free to come over. <coughs> we're going to have 70 chicken wings and please, oh we can't oh, let Zach eat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we won't have it. Yeah, just to extend what Jesse was saying, we're so excited to be here together with you in person. I feel like whenever I read Paul's letters in the Bible, he always has like the most enthusiastic greeting, and I feel like we feel that, and we're connecting with that after being apart for a little while. Uh, we're excited to be here with you today. Uh, I did want to share kind of a prayer from Ephesians here quickly, and then we'll pray for the service. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. It says, in him and through faith in him, you may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray for the service. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to be together uh, with our family, God, with our, our spiritual family, God, with your family, Lord, uh, just to come here to to worship you, God, to, to help uh, just give you the praise that you deserve, God. I pray that you can work in each of our hearts, God, to help us to understand and to know you better and to feel uh, closer to you, God, to be able to grasp that love that is so beyond our, our human understanding, God, but that you can help us to understand it a little bit better uh, as we just worship uh, in union together uh, with you. We just thank you for this morning. It's your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, good morning. 
Are we going to see trouble come our way? Jesus will fix it. Mm. On page 719 of your songbooks. Feel free to stand up. Take a moment and really prepare our hearts for communion and, and anchor in His holy word, shall we? Thank
You know, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting idea of communion, mm. because communion has to do with community, mm. and we get to have an un, uninterrupted, unbroken community with God, the Father, right. the Son, the Holy Spirit, because of what Jesus did for us, and dying for us, and then mm-hmm. rising from the dead. We get to have unbroken, not only community, but communication. With God, we can go to God any time, right. in any circumstances, anywhere, and and God hears us, and He's devoted to listening to us. He's devoted to responding to us, and it gives us that that that, that free flowing communication with God, the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth, and everything in between, that we can talk to at any time. And it's really this time of communion that's that's meant to to, to remind us of that. It's meant to remind us of the incredible blessing of that, leading us to home, 
and uh, and how Jesus really is our, our, our man in the morning. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So this time on a Sunday morning is meant to, is meant to help us to remember. It's, it's meant to help us to connect and to remember who Jesus is, not only just in, in the facts about who Jesus is, but who Jesus is to us personally. And to take time to remember that through taking the bread, and through taking the juice, and through ideas and thoughts about the new covenant, this new covenant relationship that Jesus has, has forged the way for us. It's in remembrance of Jesus. You know, when I was a kid, my uh, some of my connection with Jesus was when we took a little baby Jesus out of the box at Christmas and put him in a little stuff, a little thing of hay in the manger. And I was like, how come Jesus never grows up? He's just a little baby year after year. And, you know, another remembrance of him was two things. One is is um, is going into church and seeing him in the stained glass. And usually he had a halo around his head, and he seemed like this sort of a I hate to say kind of an emaciated white guy, and I was like, how did this guy, how did this guy change the world? How did he kind of have this impact that he had? Or I saw him oftentimes too on the on you know on the cross. And and what I couldn't totally understand was that Jesus never came down from that. And I know I know there's a reality to that, but those are some of my first impressions of who Jesus was. And then as I got to know him and I studied him, I was just I I, I was I was moved away from sort of a religious understanding to more of the the human, that's my brother, that's my guide, that's my Jesus kind of understanding about who he is. And I'm still amazed by his extraordinary power, but then his just his relatable uh, humility. This morning we're going to talk a little bit about the book of Hebrews. Because Hebrews does an extraordinary, amazing job helping us to understand Jesus and to understand the incredible privilege it is, you guys, to have a relationship with God because of what Jesus did for us. I mean, it's literally beyond comprehension, the price that was paid, and the efforts that were made for you, for me, personally. I want to ask you the question, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? I want you to, and, I, and I want you to connect with that. But then maybe even today we go even a little bit deeper with that. That each of us could could have a little bit more of a personal connection, depth of connection with him, who he is. You know, in Hebrews chapter 1, in verse 1, it says, In the past, I'd love for you to turn here if you can. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Hebrews 1. Hebrews is basically a letter to keep us from becoming religious attenders and to stay engaged with, with the reality of God in Christ and, and to stay in awe, to stay in admiration of him. But it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. 
at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Hebrews chapter 1 is how superior and how awesome and how in his own class Jesus is in terms of his power, in terms of his glory, in terms of his radiance, in terms of his representation of the creator of all things. So true. So um, I, I'm sort of a thematic girl. Most of you guys know me by that. But um, today, I for the first time get to communion from the do communion from the eyes of a grandma. Oh, and, uh, and one of the things, um, but I have a few themes going on. So Steve talked about Jesus being superior, right? He's superior over angels, over the prophets. So it's superior bowl. Much bigger than Super Bowl, right? And then I thought, you know, there's a country song called Touchdown Jesus. And I thought, boy, Touchdown Jesus. He came down. He touched down. To, he literally touched down, landed here on earth to show us we're loved and to be transformed by that love. And then I thought about Valentine's Day, so my third theme. So Valentine's Day, one of the things that came up on my feed was the five love languages of how to take care of people, you know, and their love languages. And so I want to share that today you get the Hallmark card every single day. Every day you get to open up this Valentine's card of God trying to express his literal incredible love language. And I've talked about this before, but I just want to reiterate Jesus literally surpasses every love language that we have needs for and it just blows my mind so I want to talk about that a little bit through the eyes of being a grandma so I became a grandma nine days ago and (laughs) you see these pictures of Maria and it is just amazing watching her parents care for her because she is hold on I'm trying to find my third sheet of paper okay so talk about God taking the time to show us, listen to the quality, like, so our five love language are quality time. Focus and undivided attention spent together. That's what quality time supposedly means. Some of us really want that. I watch my kids, quality time with this daughter of theirs. They can't get enough of her. They have to be with her all the time. It's quality at three in the morning and it's quality, <laughs> at, you know, but that expression of love for this being and that quality time that comes with us. And Jesus just, does he not like fulfill that all the time? I'll be with you always. I'm going to have the longest conversation with the well, and I'm going to listen for all of you women. I'm a great listener. You know, come and see, spend the day with me. I mean, everything about Jesus is crying out to us to go, I got quality time. I got it in loads for you all the time. You know, I think about the quality, the next part about, you know, physical touch. 
And I think about Maria. Like everything is skin to skin. I'll get another picture of Nick's like with his shirt off. Like, like I got skin to skin with Maria. Or just the snuggling. And, and Mackenzie's over there trying to help them learn how to wrap her tight like a burrito because Nick's not too good at that. But just the, the incredible gift of, of that physical touch that these guys are giving this baby, kissing her unbelievably at all times. And, um, and, you know, I think about, again, about Jesus, that he literally was so willing to touch the untouchable. He was so willing to touch our hearts, to hug us on the inside in places that even physically no human can help touch us in places that only God can fill. You know, I think about um, just acts of service, and I watch, it says acts of service, any act that eases the burden of responsibility, that that's acts of service. And think about this baby, like crying, pooping, like hanging on, needing food, like the acts of service of all night, all day attention are overwhelming. And then I think about Jesus, the acts of service of John 13 to go when my when my guys are getting prideful about who's going to be the greatest, I'm going to stoop down and wash the dirtiest parts of them. You know, that's how I'm going to express to them just this acts of service. And of course, when he said it's finished, the ultimate sign of Jesus saying, here's my acts of service for you. I want to take the load. I want to take the hit. You know, then I think of um, gifts. You know, here, you know, it says gifts is basically physical symbols that reflect thoughtfulness and effort. You know, and I think about um, um, just the gifts that this baby has been given. And yesterday I got a video of her in her UGA, like, onesie for <laughs> football. You know, it's like the little dog, D-A-W, go dogs. And, you know, it's like any, you, like any little gift that's on her body, you're just like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's so cute, all the gifts mm. people are giving her. And yet, God gives us the gift, Jesus gives us the gift of forgiveness, of freedom, of hope, of being present, of purpose. You know, talk about someone trying to fulfill those love languages for us. And then, you know, the last love language that it talks about is words of affirmation. And I look, you know, Maria has done nothing yet. (laughs) Nothing. It's like, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're incredible, you're done. You know, and the guys try to say that to us, like, you know, you have done nothing yet. It's not about your performance. I am so in love with you. And you see that with God over and over again. See, you're the light of the world. You're precious and honored in my sight. Over and over again, God is trying to say, hey, I came so you can have a rich and satisfying life in John 10. You know, and so I look at this in lieu of touchdown Jesus, Super Bowl, Superior Sunday, and then I look at this in love transforming us and just the incredible gift. You know, there's a there's a um, quote that my sister-in-law has at her farmhouse. It says, don't grow up. It's a trap. <laughs> and, uh, and I think about us. You know, sometimes we grow up too fast to not still be Maria, to not still go, God wants to comfort me. God is for me. God doesn't care about my performance. I'm completely loved. And just that transformation that takes place when we stay the kid ourselves. We are God's daughters. We are God's sons. And just the incredible honor that once again, this Hallmark card, Jesus fulfills it all. He's not just superior in angels and messengers and, and prophets, but he's superior in his love to literally come down, touch down Jesus, and give us this Hallmark card every day that we are so, so loved. And nothing Nothing we do can take that away. We're just little Marias entering this world, and we get to do it with a Father that loves us. So that's what really hits me today when I think about communion. Let's pray.
God, we, we're, when we just take a moment to consider you, Father, it's all at once overwhelming, it's inspiring, it's, it's incredibly encouraging, it's strengthening, it's, uh, it helps us to feel whole and feel like we can heal in your presence. And, and uh, Father, we are just so thankful that, God, you, you love us, that you love us completely. Father, thank you for this time to remember. Thank you for this time to connect. Father, help us to, uh, to connect with you by your spirit. Find with some of these thoughts about uh, who Jesus mm-hmm. is, and Father, help us to uh, to really draw deep, close to you in a very personal way, in a way that only we can, mm-hmm. because God, that's what you really want. Father, thank you for this time. Remember Him. We pray in His name, Jesus.
I hope you had some special time. It's considering that. And it's hard to express in words, isn't it, just how much God loves us. And I think it's something that's important for us throughout that we try to meditate on and take time to find ways to connect to in our special way. And I think, um, you know, as we can do that, that really is acting justly and loving mercy and walking humbly with our God to let him love us and to, to, be, to be able to be needy, you know, before him and, you know, to, to, to go to him. And uh, to connect in those ways. So, anyhow, just a great, great reminder in our time of communion, thinking about Jesus. So, we just have a few announcements, and um, and uh, and then we're going to sing another song, and then Peter is going to be coming up to uh, speak to us this morning. Looking forward to that. And then we're going to close with a song, and just be filled in so many ways with the Spirit to go forth and uh, to be the light of the world that God created us to be. So a few things. Well, we've got uh, some new invitations. I'll put these in a, on a back table um, a little bit later. We've got some new uh, invitations that say, please join us for a time of celebration, inspiration, and connection. That's really what we want our Sunday mornings to be, is a time of inspiration and celebration and connection. One. Guys, I think, it's, I think it goes without saying, although it's important to be reminded, the world, gosh, we need, gosh, is crying out for connection. Mm-hmm. During these these crazy times, the world is crying out for inspiration, you know, and just wanting to have some life breathed into them. And in some ways, yeah. only God can really do for us. And you know, and, and the fellowship and the singing and the prayer and the one another. But then also just that um, that uh, connection time, feeling connected, um, feeling like we're celebrating something. I don't know if you guys miss that, but I do. In, in terms of just feels like. A lot of the celebration it just hasn't been able to occur, but this gets to be a celebration hmm. of, of the good things in life. Touchdown, uh, Jesus! Touchdown, Jesus! <laughs> and looking forward to the seventy hot wings that are probably going to be way too hot for any of us to, to eat over at the Carvalas a little bit later. Zach, knowing Zach, you know, and his uh, and his love for for uh, for spice and heat. So anyhow, that, those are our um, invitations. I'll go ahead and leave those back here. Um, we, we get, there's plenty more where these came from, so give them out liberally, give them out generously, and uh, let all your, all, all your friends and family and neighbors know that we're here to, to celebrate and be inspired and connect on Sunday mornings. Uh, we've also got calendars. Thanks to everybody to, 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 for sending in your suggestions. This is kind of our first step towards our kind of real you know, calendar shaping for the year. And of course, we can always add to it or take away, and we're always going to be able to adjust. But thanks, Shelby, for putting those the calendar together. So there's still time to send things in if you'd like to to Shelby. Uh, if you've got some ideas, you know, as we were talking about a little bit this morning, there's still some ideas out there. We'll put those in the back. Please take these and put them into your own calendar system. You know, for me, I still write. I still literally make my own calendar sheets, and I and I and I write little little, little boxes, and I make little months out of it. And that's how I do my own calendar. It's pretty ugly when you look at it. And it's pretty understandable, but it works for me. So, but take the calendar and put it into your, into your calendar system so that we can kind of be in sync with each other. And basically what this is doing is we're taking kind of a, a, a month, kind of an ordinary month is, is we uh, meet in, in our small groups on the, uh, the first Sunday of the month. That's on the back of this invitation, by the way, so that we can kind of let people know that we're not going to be here on the first Sunday of the month, but most uh, of the other, other Sundays we will be. 
And then, you know, the first week of the month, the first Monday, Tuesday of the month, we have our men's devotionals and our women's devotionals on, on that midweek. Oh, say Tuesday, Wednesday, sorry. First Tuesday, Wednesday of the month, we have our, our men's and women's midweeks. And then most of the time we're here, um, you know, at uh, the um, uh, on the other Sundays of the month. One of the things that you'll see on here is we're starting to we're starting to form a core service scheme for the Burlington Church. One of the things that we really want to work on together is team leadership and is life in teams. That's how God created it to be best lived. And first of all, that's our family. That's our te- that's our first team. Is is mom and dad coming together, forming family that that you know different people have different roles responsibilities. We're all pitching in for the family. We're all pitching in for the team. But the team is meant there to raise healthy, mature human beings. And, and we need that connection together. But then we also need our friendship teams. And that's really what our life teams are about, is, is coming together in one another, which we need so much, guys, again, to, to grow, to be healthy, mature humans. And so we're really trying to to think differently. It's not one-man leadership, you know, sort of a, a main evangelist or elder or some kind of role of the church, it's team leadership. And that's so much of how Jesus did it. We're following Jesus together. We're equal. We're totally equal in our value. We're totally equal in our dignity before God. There's no, there's no over under here. It's one another. It's mutual. But we do have roles of responsibility in our community. And that's where we pitch in. Not as lording it over people, but as servants. That's, that's, the basic, that's the basic idea behind influence and impact, is it's servant leadership. And so if you take any role on in the community, it's actually not a role above anyone. You can actually make the point that it's a role below everyone else. Because that's the role that Jesus took as he, was, as he got on his knees to wash the apostles' feet, to wash our feet. And so that's our basic idea towards one another. We love each other. Love is very closely associated with service in the Bible. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very connected word. We serve one another. We love one another. We give to one another in that way. And so on the on this on this uh, sheet is a schedule for the core service team. And so uh, the, the people that are on that core service team is uh, the Leaps. Uh, we've got Shelby as part of the core service team. Uh, we've got the Shafts. Uh, the Nefs, the Slaters, the Robins, and also the Carvajalas. And uh, these are the couples that really kind of raised their hand and said, yeah, we'd like to take on this role. They're the couples that we feel like really kind of represent our community and the broader Burlington, Vermont community. And so, again, this isn't, this isn't a, hey, look how cool I am role at all. It's a, it's a, that's why we're calling it the core service team. It's a, it's a team that's really meant to serve health and the vitality of the, of the Burlington Church of Christ. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so uh, so that's on there. There's a bunch of other things on there. I'd really like you to look through it. We've got stuff on there for the campus, uh, for the Yopros, for the Marys, for everybody, some stuff for the kids, some stuff that were going to be fun this summer. We've got some concerts coming up, some fun festing, questing, <laughs> that, all that kind of stuff on the calendar as well. So please take it. Guys, this is your church. And, uh, and, so, and so let's all pitch in. Let's all take an interest and let's all do what we can to, to, to make our calendar something that 
we're really looking forward to. That's what we get to do as a family. So, so uh, thanks for that. Thanks for doing that in advance. Um, there's two things next week. There's um, there's uh, we're going to be back here the next two Sundays, which is which is exciting. We're going to be masked on. We've got our, our our COVID task force, which pretty much is Dr. Margaret Tando. <laughs> 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 we are so blessed to have Margaret, and so uh, so she's 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 advised us to uh, just you know meet together, have a blast, but but please wear a mask. Have a blast with the mask. Say that ten times fast. So we got coffee and donuts. Um, Emma has provided. Emma Slater has provided the donuts for us this morning. Oh, and, uh, so they're in the back. Please do not let any go to waste. Treasure every little crumb. And uh, and uh, also um, we have one announcement for the marriage retreat coming up. So. Uh, so we'll have Zach announce that, guy. and if we can have the worship team come up for the next song after that. Yeah, speaking about fun for Mary, the marriage retreat is oh. going to be March 4th to the 6th. It will be Jesse and I's first one, and we're excited come on. to be able to go. As a married couple, it's still a little bit weird when he says the Carvalho's and like connecting the dots. That that's me, but uh, we, we would really love to be there in person with as many people as possible. Uh, and I know they needed a certain number of people to sign up by today for that to be possible. So if you're wanting to go, today is the last day to sign up. Uh, there was some emails sent out by Peter with the link. Uh, if you can't find that, then talk to Peter and myself, and we can get you that email so you can sign up. And I look forward to being able to be there and celebrate with you guys. So, you guys heard communion from Steve. Steve's going to take a break for the rest of the day. Uh, so today we have Peter yes. right. will be preaching for us. So right. I, I'd like to do the pump thing and like, give it up for Peter. But you know what? It's about God. Okay. We love Peter. It's about Jesus, right? It's about the Spirit. It's about what Peter's going to teach us today through the Spirit. So amen. Peter, come on up. All right. So if you need to stand up and stretch your legs for a minute, uh, that is a-okay by me because my legs tend to be a little bit tighter than they were when I was a younger man. <laughs> well, so I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to what I want to talk about today because I think it comes from my heart. Uh, I, I've been digging in just in my relationship with God. You know, Jeanette had read a great book on, on forming over uh, the last couple of months. She said, you know... We really need this to read this together. And so we started to read it together, and, and that is, it's been very encouraging. And really, some of the scriptures I'll use in, in what I'm going to share today come from that. But really, just going back to God is the major, God is why we're created, why we live, why we exist. And that's what Jesus came to do, was to bring that message of eternal connection with God. It's so awesome. Amen. But I want to share with you something else for a minute. So there was a study done a few years ago, and they asked a number of people, they said, okay, you know, your child, or if you don't have kids, you get a report card, okay? And that report card on it has your grades for the semester. So you got an A in biology. Awesome. You got an A in chemistry. Great. You got a B in English, and you got an F in algebra. As a parent, which one will you spend the most time focusing on? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Seventy percent of the people said they would focus on the F. Did you know that if you get an F in algebra and you work really, really, really hard on it, you might be able to get that dude up to maybe a D or a C. But you already had A's in the other subjects. Those were your areas of expertise, your areas of focus, your areas to shine, and yet you can get trapped into the idea of spending all your time on the F. Only because somebody, and most of you who don't like math that agree, algebra doesn't belong on what a well-rounded student should be, right? Why they put that in there anyways, you know, they just take that off, it wouldn't have been a problem. And, you know, it made me think about being a well-rounded student. There's a lot of things that have come off the list in my lifetime. You know, one of them is using a slide rule. Anybody even know what this is? Yeah. Slide rule. I picked this up because I figured it would be an antique someday, and I'm still waiting. Um, <laughs> you laugh, but when I was in high school, in, in my chemistry class, we had to use a slide rule. We couldn't use a calculator. Wow. Because you know, everybody couldn't afford a calculator. By the time I got to college, I didn't ever see a slide rule again. But there was other things. There was, you know, you know, typing on a typewriter. Yep. How many of you have typed on a physical typewriter? Man uh, a manual. <laughs> okay. Your kids, our kids are not doing that anymore. You know, Latin, learning Latin, it wasn't me. You know, I was a small school. We didn't have Latin. We barely had English. But uh, that was considered to be well-rounded, right? You know, and, and we experience that kind of thing in our, in our work, too. People decide. These are the skills you have to have to be well-rounded. These are the important ones. You know, it even happens in sports, right? You know, so you might know who is who has the highest free throw percentage currently of all time. Does anybody know? No, free throw. Steph Curry, right? So Steph Curry does. He's awesome. He has 90.69%. So 90% of the time when he gets up the free throw line, it's a done deal. You know, he has his style, right? Well, there's another dude from a few years back named Rick Barry. And Rick Barry, now he was a little different. He did, he did granny stuff, right? You know, like I can't even, I can't even do it right. I take that insult. Granny. Okay, granny. Well, for you grannies out there, don't be insulted. But it was. Can you imagine if they told him? Oh, and by the way, his, you know, what his lifetime percentage was? Eighty-nine point three percent. So Steph Curry has already got about, you know, a little less than a percentage point on him lifetime. Imagine they told him, you know, uh, Rick, stop it. Shoot it like a, you know, shoot like a man. You get trouble here. Shoot like you're supposed to, you know. And, and you go, yeah, you know, maybe he wouldn't have got his 89%. And sometimes we go, well, it's just got to be this way. That's the right way. Oh, wait, wait a second. There's one other person I wanted to mention on this, me. So at, at the free throw in college basketball, or high school basketball, I never made, college, never made it past freshman year, I was 100% at the free throw. Oh, come on. 100%. Wow. I had one shot. And in fact, over the whole season, I made one point. I was most improved player in the, in the team. But I was 100%. So I got it on Steph Curry. I got it on Rick Barry. They got nothing on me. So throw it out there for a minute. What's a well-rounded Christian look like? Hmm. What are some things? What makes a Christian well-rounded? Being a good learner. Okay, being a good learner. Okay. Consistent quiet times. Consistent quiet times. Okay. Humble, I heard. 
Loving, loving people, giving. Yeah. Or giving. More giving. Yeah. Serving. <coughs> Serving. Balance. Balance. Knowing your Bible. Knowing your Bible. Let's go over 1 Corinthians 12. My, my title today is The Myth of a Well-Rounded Christian. Because it's interesting. Paul here writes about it. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. He writes, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We're all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part but many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to this body, would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? <clears throat> but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If there were, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there could there should be no would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Now, this is written to baptized believers. This was the church that he was writing to, and they are all over the place: Jews and Gentiles, slave and free. You know, quite a wide range in that group in Corinth. Uh, rich and poor, just quite a variety. And yet he says, y'all got one spirit. How come there is such variation in this group? You know, the foot, hand, eye, ear, nose, you know, talk about smelling, even the nose got mentioned in there indirectly. You know, God placed every part in that body just the way he wanted them to be. Wait a minute. Does that mean that there can be different strengths. Some people are going to be shooting spiritually like this. Some people are going to be like this. Some people are going to be like me and just glad that you got to shoot once, you know, and, uh, and it was awesome. You know, there's going to be others of us that we, it's hard to feel connected. I'm an eye and everybody else is something else, a foot or a head, right? Or I'm an ear. And then he says, that's the cool thing about God's kingdom is that we, regardless of where we are, we all have the one spirit. And that's, I think, going to come back here in a bit as we talk more about really God being in us, God being that one that makes us up. You know, I was, um, I was uh, reading through, Steve Neff inspired me. He sent me a copy of an old bulletin from 25 years ago. He saved everything, I guess. And it talked from where we were at a similar same ministry. It was that the, the leaders meeting was going to be at my house. 25 years ago. Okay, so, you know, that was, uh, 
that was fine. And it, it made me, I started looking at some old bulletins. I was just digging through some of the, they're all online from Boston now and from LA and from forever. And, you know, you can go and dig through them. And I was looking, I was sort of looking for, well, when was Jeanette baptized? And, you know, when was so-and-so baptized? And I looked, I found a bulletin when I first started leading a, a house church, a group of about 50 people in Boston. I just was, wow, that was a long time ago. Um, but on that same week in the bulletin, there was a, a baptism announcement of a friend of mine, a guy named Bob Burgess. <clears throat> and so if you were out in Boston those years, Bob and Annie were like awesome. And Annie made the best fried chicken in the world. She would just make like 100 pounds of fried chicken at a time. Thighs, usually my preference, not chicken wings, Zach. But uh, <laughs> it was really great. And, and Bob, you know, had grown up in North Carolina and worked at like in like cotton farming and then made his way to Boston and he was a delivery guy, a delivery truck driver for years and eventually retired because he had emphysema so he was on an oxygen tank. And, but he was the most encouraging guy I'd ever met. Like, he always asked me, how are you doing? I'm, I'm here, I'm asking you, Bob, how are you doing? How can I help you? He's on, how can I help you? I remember once going with Bob to, a, uh, to an appointment he had, one of these regular every 10 year, you know, checkups. And I think Bob must have been, I don't know, old. He was old, old, right? And he's like, good, I'm good for another 10 years. I'm like, dude, well, okay. I was like, okay, you know, maybe you won't make 10 years. But he just had that, he's going forward. Even, even though he had so many limit, limitations, it was amazing when Bob, he went in the hospice twice. He went in hospice the first time, and he did so well, he came back out. But it was like a party in his hospice room. We'd go there, and there'd be disciples there singing, encouraging him. He's encouraging you. It's like, wait a minute, you know, this is this is pretty crazy. And then Bob eventually passed. But you know, it just struck me that Bob was always giving to me, even in the midst of me giving to him. He was giving to me. He was concerned about me, taking care of me, uh, looking out for me. And I was thinking about sometimes when we sort of interact with folks. You know. I, I was reading this week on a topic of, of giving feedback, you know, and uh, turns out that when people study feedback, you know, and feedback is defined as negative corrective input. Uh, did you know that nobody likes it? <laughs> nobody. Wow. You know, and, and the standard response to negative feedback in the workplace, you know what you do? You find somebody else to talk to. You basically bail on the people. <laughs> you know, unless you can't, and then you just find other people to support you and avoid the people giving you feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Bob never gave me feedback. He never needed to do that. I mean, could he have? Sure, he encouraged me and inspired me and challenged me in so many ways. You know, and somebody will say, well, Second Peter or Second Timothy 4, doesn't that talk about putting all those teachers around you with your itching ears want to hear? Well, that's about doctrine. You know, that's about what's right and what's wrong. This is just about, you know, it's I call it the good job but. You did a good job but. Those were great cookies but. You know, whatever. I, to me, that's where feedback comes in. And there's some scenarios where I need it. Like in marriage, I can't say, you know, Jeanette, I like our new feedback. Goodbye, you know. Uh, but it's because we have a much bigger relationship that really supports that, sustains that, helps us do that. How do we do that in the body of, of Jesus? Well, because we have God. God's the one that allows us to be able to carry through and survive. You know that 62% of the feedback that's given you in the workplace is about the person giving the feedback. Mm. You know, so it turns out that when you give someone feedback, uh, it's more about you than it's about them. Because you're coming sort of 
And so should I add more people to give me more feedback? Well, then I just get more bad feedback, right? It's, when it's, it's in that, well, you know what? I, everybody just needs to be told the little bad thing they're doing so they'll be better. Does Steph Curry need to be, you know, man, you could have 9% more points, you know, you could have 100% like Peter Lee. You know, <laughs> if Peter falls, Peter's got it down. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to talk to Peter, I'd rather talk to anybody else, you know. And that can be the way, too, is when we get focused about, well, I'm going to show you the right way, it's really more about let's look to God, what's God doing, let's get the spirit involved here, let's figure that out. And there's another one that stood out to me, Proverbs 16.25. Anybody know that one? It's, it's one of the several times in Proverbs where it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Well, that's the problem is, if I'm giving you a critique, I have the same problem. I don't always have a clear sight on what's right. You didn't have a clear sight. What you did might have been wrong. What I'm thinking is wrong. So we just line up each other like, boom, you know. And, and really, it takes more than that. We just have to be aware of that cautious of that, figure out how we encourage each other. You know, do we need to talk about sin? Absolutely. Jesus did. God God cares about it. But it really is more from the thing, I want to help you be better. I want to help you get healthy. You know, if you're taking notes, Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth except to use for building others up according to their needs. One of my lifetime memory verses. 1 Timothy 5.1, Second uh, Timothy 3.16, Ephesians 6.4, do not exasperate those children, because um, later on when you're old, they will exasperate you. <laughs> I'm going to go for a walk. Shut up and stay in your wheelchair, Dad. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully that's not how it'll be. Um, you know, it's, uh, and so I think the, the point I really want to get to here is that God is, must go with us. Look over to Exodus 33. This was a a point, you know, in the book that I'm reading, just about how God really was about being with his people, more so in the time of Jesus under the New Covenant, but definitely it wasn't forgotten. It was part of the whole thing in uh, in from the Old Testament in the very beginning. All right, so in Exodus 33 and verse 12, it says. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, leave these people, but you've not, you have not let me know whom you'll send with me. I ain't doing this by myself, God. <clears throat> you've said, I know you by name, and you found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. As if God forgot, right? <clears throat> the Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence go, does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? you thought about that? The thing that distinguishes you from all the other people on the face of the earth is the fact that God goes with you. In fact, Moses was so insistent about that, I'm not, I'm not leaving if God isn't going with me. If God's not there with me, how am I going to show outsiders that he's pleased with me and that he's pleased with our people? God's got to be in the equation. 
God's got to be there. We've got to find a way to reach back and to connect with God because that's what he wants. He wants to be there. It's like your like your uh, two-year-old child wandering around saying, oh, I don't have any parents here. I just do whatever I want. They're like, no, no, there's a parent here somewhere. You know, Let's find that parent. You know, let's get them connected. <clears throat> two-year-olds will go out without their parents. Trust me. I've mm-hmm. had them walk off and get me in trouble, <clears throat> get themselves in trouble by uh, being that, that disconnected. But I think God has found a way in the New Testament to really help us with this. Let's look over in John 14. So John 14 and verse, uh, we'll read verse 15 through 20 right now. So, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Interesting. So God's going to send us an advocate who's going to be with us forever. He's going to live with me. He's going to live in me. I love this. Though. You're not an orphan. Can you imagine how it felt to be one of the apostles and you realize, God, uh, that Jesus is, is going to be crucified and he's leaving us? Am I really left alone? You know, we can feel that sometimes in our, in our understanding of God. It's, it's not an uncommon understanding of God to say, God is just up in heaven. He's looking down on us. And uh, we just have to go do it by ourselves. And eventually, you know, God will sometimes somehow show us whether we're doing right or wrong. Um, He's disconnected. He's disinterested. He's not involved. That's not what it says here. In fact, if you look down at verse 25, it says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So remember Moses, back in in Exodus, where he said, uh, God said, my presence will be with you. I will teach you. I will instruct you. This is the fulfillment. This is what they they received because of Jesus, because of his covenant with us. This is what we received. The Holy Spirit has promised to be with us, to teach us, and to remind us of what Jesus told us. Amen. A friend of mine used to call it a holy hunch. You have a holy hunch. And, you know, you ever have a holy hunch? You, you start to do something, you go, hmm, I don't know if I should do that. Maybe I should think about it. Maybe I should pray about it. Maybe I should ask somebody. Maybe I should ask my roommates about that. <clears throat> Is that really something, hmm, what's going on here? Why do I feel this way? I think the Holy Spirit reminds us, the Holy Spirit teaches us, the Holy Spirit instructs us, the Holy Spirit helps us be aware of really what is the heart of God. You know, when I think about my basketball analogy, to me, uh, I can't rely on my basketball history because it's not great. You know, I don't play much pickup because it's, you know, because everybody beats me. But, you know, when I play basketball, I I shoot at the right basket. It, It rarely goes in. You know, people rarely feed me the ball. 
But I really, I, but, and, and that's just the Holy Spirit telling me, Peter, don't play basketball, right? But, but it's really that, that idea that I know what I'm supposed to do, and every time I go to shoot, I'm reminded, yeah, you know, I need some more work on that. And it can be that way sometimes as a disciple. We get, we get reminded that we really need that Holy Spirit helping us through, helping us remember. Look over in 2 Corinthians 13. To me, it's just fascinating to think about how God thought so far in advance to really that he knew we, he knew that I was going to need it. He knew that I was going to have lots of challenges in my walk with him and that he really wanted to give me someone to be there as my advocate, as my, as my, as my proponent. We'll see a little bit differently here even in, in 2 Corinthians 13.11. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss after COVID. <coughs> All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And fellowship is a word that means partnership. It's used elsewhere for marriage. It's used in, in Greek at the time for business relationships. It's used actually in Philemon for sharing your faith. You've got a partnership with the Holy Spirit. It's two-way. The Holy Spirit is helping you. You're living with the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is working through you, you know, striving to restore what God wanted, encouraging one another, being of one mind. Even when you live at peace, you're fulfilling the will of the Holy Spirit. You, God is the God of love and peace is with you. He decided to have a partnership with you. So that holy hunch, stop ignoring the holy hunches. That is just the boss suggesting, hey, it's time to work late tonight. Well, maybe he doesn't quite say that, but that holy hunch is maybe it's time right now. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. I just Peter's translation. Anyone who has a holy hunch and doesn't follow it is not hitting the mark. Is not doing what God wants him to do. God is great that way. He's reminding us. He's encouraging us. He's just helping us to do what's right. You know, if you, uh, you know, Jeanette's like that. She reminds me at times of the good I have to do. You know, you shouldn't be getting upset with your children. Yeah, you're right. You know, so she. She is a, a, an amplifier for the Holy Spirit at times in my life. And I appreciate that. And I need more amplifiers. I think that's really what we can be. Is it's, it's, not, it's not feedback. I'm just amplifying the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I'm, I'm not judging you or condemning you. or I just say, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's here talking about that. Because, you know, what God did in Jesus in our relationship with God is he transformed it. Okay, so Psalm 23.1, what's it say? Psalm 23, verse 1. Anybody know? The Lord is my shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. I, sh- I, won't be in, I won't be in want or won't be in need, depending on which version you remember. Okay, but look over at Hebrews 13, 6. So it was great. You know, a shepherd is awesome, right? You know, we, we, we want a shepherd. You know, when we've been taken off by the wolves. We want someone to come and fetch us back, right? That is great. But in Hebrews 13, verse 6, it says... So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can a man, what can human beings do to me? There's nobody here that can do something that God doesn't want them to do, that God won't 
be there with me, won't protect me, won't. He's on my side. He's my helper. I, I know I was listening to Rob preach to us last week, and he, he talked in, in Genesis about how God saw that we needed a suitable helper, right? And he made a helper. But God is that suitable helper. God is that helper. So he's, he's gone from being a shepherd to being a helper. You know, Jesus talked about it, right? He said in, in John 15, 15, I, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. Where everything I learned from my father I made known to you. Every word that Jesus said was exactly what God wanted him to say. See, God has transitioned in his relationship with you. He is still your shepherd, but he is also your friend. He is there with you. He is that Holy Spirit. So when you get uh, feedback that's hard and abusive and rough, you just do what everybody else does. You go find a better friend. God. God's your friend. God is with you. You know, what I figured out for myself is that I'm not well-rounded. That's good. Nobody asked me to be part of the singing worship team. It's okay. I I appreciate that. But, you know, I I am special in God's eyes. You know, when I connect with him, he he gives his Holy Spirit to teach me, to remind me of Jesus, and to remind me how I can be that megaphone for God of Jesus in my own life. You know, it's a time as, as we encourage and instruct and help each other to spur each other on toward loving good deeds that just have to keep on remembering that God gave us the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. Let's Amen. live in the Spirit this week. Amen. 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 I really appreciate that sermon. You know, as, as I'm listening to you uh, speak, from a father's perspective, you know, it's uh, it's it's always on my heart never to like embitter my son. Mm-hmm. I want to nurture him and, and show him how much I love him by mm-hmm. training and directing him. You know, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, a scripture you reminded me of was uh, out of Colossians three, where it says, "Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, mm-hmm. kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience." Bear with each other and forgive one another. Nowhere in there does it say judge one another, correct one another, try to be better than somebody else. Mm-hmm. It says bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that just puts so many things in perspective from, from what you said today. It's it's like we're we're kind of all in this together, right? The best of us is a mess. You've probably heard that. And, and I know personally, um, you know, from the early days of, of starting here in Burlington, I was a very immature person, and I would say things that probably didn't ring true or didn't didn't even I might have offended somebody, right? Even now, I can say things that are foolish, but you know, I think back to those things. Like how many people were patient with me, mm-hmm. who didn't judge me necessarily or condemn me, but simply encouraged me to to step up and, and, and think more about other people. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I, I love the sermon today because what you're what you're sharing is really a basic foundation of how do we treat one another as a body mm. you know this hand isn't going to beat up this hand it's just it's just not going to happen right mm. so uh, I, I love this I, I, I'm almost speechless mm. Your, the message today and the scriptures really were just on point and I just love it so much so thank you for that mm. uh, anyway uh, what do we what do, do we have anything else before we want to wrap up today
All right, well, let's wrap up with a song. We're going to sing You're the One. Why don't we stand up for this one? All right. <laughs> Amen. Here we go, ready? Lord, the people praise you. Lord, the people praise you. Lift you up and raise you. Lift you up and raise you. You are the Holy One. You are the Holy One. You're the one, you're the only one. You're the one, you're the only one. Lord, the people love you. Lord, the people love you. Place nobody above you. Place nobody above you.
there's about 120 kids at this session. Wow. I'm really big kids, 15 to 18 year olds. Anyway, this guy competed in freestyle. Backstroke. 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 Backstro